Wise Birth Radio. We are women, students, and mamas exploring healthy pregnancies, empowered birth, nurtured postpartum, and natural parenting from a holistic, intuitive, and grounded experience. We share knowledge through interviews, stories, and musings. We hope to inspire you to take charge of your childbearing journey for yourself and your family. This show is intended to spark your own curiosity and encourage you to listen to your body, your baby, and your intuition. I'm Mabel. And I'm Sarah. And we are your hosts on Wise Birth Radio. All right. Hello, everybody out there in podcast land. Welcome back. Welcome in. Today, we're going to talk about Sarah's second pregnancy and birth with Enoa Hackney. Enoa Azul Hackney. Right. Oh, yeah. You can ask me about how his name came, too. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So, should we just start at the beginning? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful story. <laughs> um, it's always interesting one to think about when when does the beginning of a pregnancy story really start? Well, first you had Mayuna, and she was how old when Noe was conceived? Seven months. It's not very old. No, that is crazy. Yeah, she was seven months old, and I remember for like the two weeks previous to me getting pregnant, um... I kept laying in my bed when I was nursing her and trying to calculate, like, okay, what <laughs> astrological sign baby do I want next? And when would I need to get pregnant to get that sign? And I was doing all the math. And then probably, like, a week or so into that, I remember just feeling this really strong spirit presence. And I was mm -hmm. like, whoa, we're definitely going to have a boy next. Like, I just felt him hanging over me, basically. And sure enough, like, a week later, we found out we were pregnant. I remember being so terrified mm -hmm. and talking to Z and being like, we're going to have a baby in June. Like, that's such a bad time to have a baby. We're in the middle of farming and it's going to yeah. be so chaotic. And I remember he just hugged me and held me and he was like, that's a wonderful time to have a baby. Aww. Like, it's all going to be okay. And that's so sweet. it was so sweet. It was so comforting because I was definitely freaking out. And yeah, it almost makes me want to cry. It was just like, he was just so solid in there even though I'm sure he was really freaked out too. <laughs> um, yeah. So I pretty early on, I felt like, I mean, the first time when I was pregnant with Mayuna, I wanted to have a free birth or I was at least exploring that. And we ended up finding a pretty awesome midwife, but I mean, she was very awesome. I loved her a lot, but there was, so a you were contemplating having a free birth, but you decided to have a midwife instead. Right. Because, um, Z didn't feel super comfortable with that. He was like, what if you pass mm -hmm. out and I don't know what to do? Like, I don't want to hold that responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I just, yeah, I, I, that felt pretty valid to me. So I ended up finding someone that I really liked. This was with Mayuna. But then a couple of things happened during the birth and I was like, yeah, let's see if everyone can try something mm -hmm. different. Maybe more aligned. Maybe free birth. But a couple minutes into it again, he kind of had those same feelings and was like, I just, I don't want to hold that responsibility. And mm -hmm. I just, I don't feel like, yeah, ready for that. And, and did you feel more strongly or less strongly about having a free birth this time? Mm, I don't feel, I didn't feel like particularly attached to it, mm -hmm. but I do remember mentioning it to my friend and she was like, oh, I know an awesome kind of underground midwife and she's like a spiritual woman and she's mm -hmm. really special and she's starting to attend births again because she had taken a lot of time off like and she's pretty close to you you should reach out to her and I was like that sounds like a pretty good fit like it's pretty funny though that you mentioned to your friend that you wanted to have a birth without a midwife and they're like oh I know a midwife yeah <laughs> well maybe that wasn't my maybe I didn't say that in particular but maybe uh -huh. I was just like explaining my process oh, okay I don't remember. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I reached out to her and we chatted and she seemed really awesome. And we, we drove out to her house and we met with her and she just seemed like very loving and open and trusting. And I talked to another woman whose birth she had attended recently and like it all felt really good. Mm -hmm. And That's great that you got to talk to someone else who worked with her. Yeah. And she's the one that lived like three hours away mm -hmm. yeah yeah and in a different state and she was not concerned at all about being doing anything illegally 
So, yeah. I mean, like, she she wasn't licensed and she no. wasn't concerned about any of that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's see. That, I don't remember at what point. We only saw her once, though. So, like, I basically was doing all my own prenatal mm-hmm. care. Um, so, what did that mean for you? That meant eating as well as I possibly could, which was difficult because Mayuna was still very much nursing. She was a big nurser. <laughs> And yeah, it was, I'm trying to remember everything that I was eating. Probably a lot of cheese. I remember I was obsessed with cottage cheese when I was pregnant with Noe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, yeah, I, I remember there was one point where I started getting like these cracks on like the side of my lips, like Mm -hmm. where my top lip and bottom lip meet. It was like my mouth felt like it was splitting open. It was really painful. And I had written on the Indie Birth website, and I got a bunch of different posts, but this one woman said that, like, it could be a sign of um, a B comp, B, B12 deficiency or something. And she also said something like, it could be a sign of, um, my mind is blanking, <laughs> when your baby's head is too small. Come on. Not macro. Microsomia? Yeah, yeah. And that just, like, took me for a spin. I was just, like, totally freaking out. Hmm. That doesn't really make any sense to me. Yeah, I don't know. Did you do any more research, or you just... I think I did a little bit, and then after, like, a couple days of freaking out, I just tuned in, and I was like, no, this baby's fine. Mm -hmm. And I remember also telling that to Z, and he rolled his eyes, and he was like, Sarah, the baby's fine. And I was like, (laughs) okay. But um, I remember Marin saying that it could be a sign that, like, an iron issue and mm. um, that, like, just concentrated chlorophyll can be really helpful. So I started taking that, and it did seem to help. And I also took started taking a really nice B co- complex, which also seemed to help because mm-hmm. it eventually went away. Yeah, I think I've heard about the cracked lips being a B deficiency. Yeah, something. it was painful and didn't look pretty. It was not very nice. <laughs> Um, yeah, and it was, I mean, it was a pretty, ch- I mean, I wouldn't say it was that challenging of a pregnancy, but I didn't get a lot of time to rest. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember there was like one hour a day, Mayu was taking like one hour naps, and during that one hour I was making lunch for mm-hmm. everyone, because at that time everyone was working on her house, and Agata was super, super pregnant, the other woman that we lived with. So you were in the barn still? You hadn't moved into the farmhouse? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we were at the time living in a barn that had no running water, and we, I had to walk to a house, like, I don't know, 100 feet away to use the bathroom, and it was the middle of winter, and I remember, like, walking on the icy driveway, it was, oh, no. it was a little bit rugged, but, um, yeah, I think it was difficult because Mayu didn't walk for a long time, she only started walking until Noe was, like, a month, a month before Noah was born. Wow. So I was carrying her a lot. Up to seven months pregnant. Yeah. Wow. And my back was not mm. happy. And I don't know why I didn't go to the chiropractor. <laughs> I didn't really do anything for it mm-hmm. besides like stretching and resting. I, I wasn't, I probably like, I think we were pretty tight on money. I don't know. I just wasn't thinking about it. I'm not really sure. But I remember my back being pretty uncomfortable. And maybe I didn't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because at some point I did go to the chiropractor. Because when Inoa was like a a week before his due date, I started getting this really severe pain in my rib. And I looked it up and it it looked like my rib had twisted out of place. And some, some people say that the baby can like kick it out of place, which I don't know if that happened or not. But I ended up going to the chiropractor for that. And mm-hmm. it did help. So, and somewhere I was thinking <laughs> about chiropractors being helpful. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, the pregnancy was, I didn't feel like I really had a lot of time and space to take care of myself. In, Z was working really hard to get the house done. And, yeah, I was, yeah, very pregnant, taking care of a little, little baby. Mm-hmm. So was there anything that your midwife asked you to do, especially in terms of prenatal care for yourself, or she just left it up to you to 
take care of yourself in the ways that felt right. Yeah, she really left it up to me. I think she took my blood pressure. I think she asked, like, I think I was doing infusions and, like, nettle and probably red raspberry. And I was taking prenatals. Pretty sure I was taking vitamin D. Like, I was really trying to do as much as I could nutritionally. And... Mm -hmm walking and exercising as much as I can but like no she didn't recommend anything I didn't do any tests um mm. yeah other than like being exhausted and like having a sore back and like being full-on I felt pretty pretty healthy <laughs> and the cracked lips uh -huh. um yeah yeah um did you have a fetoscope at the time did you know how to I listen did. to your own baby yeah yeah I did and I yeah I listened pretty regularly, and that was always reassuring. And Z would listen with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would listen, I think, like a couple times a week. Um, yeah, and I remember one, <laughs> I remember one time I, I got to just, like, make space in particular with to kind of, like, tune in, and I was doing some shamanic journeying with my drum, and I just, like, I felt this... Um, very strong presence of a bear hmm. and like the color blue and I was like hmm okay this little guy's got some bear energy and I remember many years ago when we lived in Peru I read the book Voices of Our Ancestors by Dahani Wahoo and she's a she's a super beautiful elder she has a center up in Vermont and in the book she um, speaks about her grandfather whose name was Enoa and I remember way back when being like, wow, that name is so beautiful. I mm -hmm. love it. It means walking bear. And mm -hmm. in what language? Cherokee. And so one day I was sitting, I think I was like four months pregnant at that point, And I was sitting next to our bed and I just like pulled the book off the shelf. And I was like, oh, yeah, this beautiful book, that same book. And I just opened to a random page and it was the page that his name mm -hmm. was on. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I really like that name. Mm -hmm. And it was right around that time that I had the journey with the bear. And the next day, Mayu, who was like probably a year or so at this point, grabbed the book and handed it to me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I think that's going <laughs> to be your name. And then I remember like a couple days before Eno was born. Yeah, it was right around then. I asked our, our teacher, our elder. I was like, do you, I'm thinking about this name. Do you like it? And he was like, yeah, that's a super beautiful name. And um, Maggie, my little sister, and I were driving down to town the next day. And a mama bear ran across the road. And mm -hmm. right behind her, there was a tiny little bear cub. And oh then another God. tiny little bear cub. And I was like, Maggie, oh, my gosh. <laughs> they were so close and so small and so mm -hmm. cute. And I just I started tearing up. I was like, wow, okay. I guess that's definitely your name. And then we drove up a little closer because I thought there was only two bear cubs. And then a third little bear cub came Aww. trailing behind. It was so sweet. So, yeah. But you didn't know, like, you didn't do ultrasounds or anything? You didn't know what the gender of the baby was? Would no. you have named it, you know, even if it was a girl, you think? or No. You just knew I don't know. it was a boy and I you mean, knew that his name was Ino? I guess so. Mm -hmm. I mean, I felt pretty confident that Mayu was, Mayuna was a girl. And mm -hmm. so... And then when I felt really strongly that a boy was coming, I felt pretty confident mm -hmm. that he was a boy. One reason I was so surprised was Cielo was not a girl because I was pretty certain uh -huh. that he was a girl. Um, so, yeah, that's how his name came to be. And, yeah, um, he ended up being way past his due date. I think his due date was June 3rd or 2nd or something like that. And that was a really beautiful um, experience because it was just so interesting, everyone's reaction to, mm -hmm. like, that idea. Everybody had, like, something to say. Like, try eating oh, this sure. many dates every day and, like, try having this much sex mm -hmm. and try this and try that. And, like, I felt so calm about it. I just, I really I was like, I don't feel like I need to try anything. Like, I mm -hmm. just really don't. And I just kept tuning in with him. And I was like, are you good? Okay, you're good. Like, mm -hmm. I just didn't feel any rush. 
was Mayuna born around her due date? Mm-hmm. Yes, she was born three or four, six days. Six days. Okay. No, four days. <laughs> I can't remember. Somewhere my less yes. than a week. Yes, 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 yes. About, around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, oh, I will say, though, when I, so when I had that rib pain and the back pain, that was, like, right around his due date. And I remember mm-hmm. just saying to my, myself, like, please don't go, like, don't come yet, baby. Like, I need to get through this mm-hmm. before I can go into labor. Like, mm-hmm. this is going to be so difficult to be laboring with this issue and then it resolved and then like the following two and a half weeks or something until he was born I felt amazing like I felt like I went into this like magical fourth trimester (laughs) where like my body didn't hurt I had a lot of energy like Mm -hmm. I felt really good wow that's really beautiful yeah I feel like most of the stories of post due dates pregnancy which doesn't really mean anything it's just after this arbitrary number you hear people being like, oh, I was just waiting for the baby to come and it was so hard to be patient and I just felt like a giant whale. And it's really great that you got to have such a beautiful experience of that time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely felt giant. And <laughs> I mean, there's a part of me that I mean, I was excited and I was like, all mm-hmm. right, dude, are you going to come? But I didn't feel anxious or like especially impatient. And yeah, I definitely felt really good. Mm-hmm. It also seems like maybe that was the only time in your pregnancy, really, where you got to maybe have a little more space. Yeah. Have maybe a couple of fewer things well, to do. Well, I, I guess, you know what, I think you're right, because Maggie, my little sister, came up a couple mm-hmm. weeks before, and she was there then. So I think I did have a little bit more space and support, mm-hmm. and like her and Mayuna have a really great relationship. So I think I did feel more supported at that time. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, it was just a really cool moment to just kind of like trust myself and just Mm -hmm. feel like, okay, I don't thank you everyone for (laughs) what you have to offer, Uh but like, I don't feel like I need any of that. And like, it really didn't feel like it was coming off of this like idea of like that I need to prove anything or anything. It just felt Mm -hmm. really genuine. And like, I trusted him. And, And that was also cool because my midwife, was also very trusting and she was like okay well you know if you feel good then awesome mm-hmm. and did you feel pressure from other people like I know you said a lot of people were suggesting things to you but did you feel pressure to do things or like if the baby doesn't come then something's gonna happen or people are just trying to help you along in ways that you didn't need I didn't feel like negative pressure like uh-huh. there wasn't like one person or two people or the who were like all right you know if you're putting anyone in danger mm-hmm. i remember like people that i was living with were starting to get annoying <laughs> they were like you found a contraction yet and i'm like no just <laughs> back off stop asking me yeah just like, you will know when something's mm-hmm. happening um and what about z how did he feel about it all i think he was just so focused on trying to finish the house mm-hmm. i don't i don't remember him like yeah i think he was kind of just following my lead and like if i felt good then he trusted that um yeah and then I definitely felt quite a few contractions I think it was Father's Day I remember feeling a lot of contractions and I woke up in the middle of the night one morning and or it was like two in the morning and I was like hmm something's stirring I think I had some diarrhea and I felt like pretty crampy and I was like mm-hmm. this might be happening I was like let's see if I can go back to sleep and I woke up the next day I felt pretty normal. I was like, okay, I guess it's not happening yet. <laughs> uh-huh. But I was like crampy throughout the day. And then the following, you know, like 1 or 2 a.m. in the morning, I woke up and I was like, all right, game on. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny. I remember calling Stephanie at <laughs> 2 in the morning. I was like, Steph, I'm in labor. Can you come be my doula? <laughs> and like we hadn't talked about it all previously. She was like, yeah, sure, I'll be it's there. Like that she picked up the phone at I 2 know. in the morning. She's such a special woman. This is mm-hmm. our friend who just had her first baby like two weeks ago story to come on our podcast yes yes she's gonna be next Mm -hmm. anyway so that was super beautiful i love her so much she was just so down she's like yeah i'll be there i'll be right (laughs) over yeah and um, and what about your midwife who lived two hours away or three three yeah i called her right away and i was like miriam something is happening she's like all right i'm coming and yeah then then things kind of like took 
I don't know. I wouldn't say a funny turn, but like after having some pretty consistent contractions for a couple hours, I think I woke me up and I was like, all right, it's happening. And we, I had planned to give, oh, that was the other like really clear image that I had was, um, I just saw myself giving birth like under an open sky in the mm-hmm. forest. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's, that's all so I could, beautiful. yeah, I was like, that's all I can really say about like what, how I want things to be. But then we were like, man, middle of the forest in june like there's a lot of mosquitoes around i remember we ticks like we bought my we bought this like tiny little like i don't know four by five mosquito net thing and i'm like i'm not (laughs) gonna labor in that (laughs) how are we gonna do this and like what if it's raining and so we ended up setting like a teepee up and that was kind of like my Mm my um yeah my little zone and yeah so we had a bunch of friends people living around and so at some point early in the morning like five or six they were alerted to the exciting news that the baby was finally coming and everybody was like buzzing around getting the blankets set up and everything and I remember just feeling like okay everybody just like go away this is like enough I I felt at that point I felt this like weird pressure Mm -hmm. of like you know, everybody was so excited and I was like, okay, just like give me some space. Had you talked to everyone beforehand about what you would like? How would yeah, you like I was, to support you? Yeah, I was super clear. I like mm-hmm. made all these sheets and printouts and like, okay, <laughs> get the blankets, put them down. Okay. And when that's done, everybody go away. <laughs> um, you made sheets. Yeah. And like, I remember specifically like looking at Leona and I was like, okay, go find something else to do now. Like, just leave me alone. Yeah. And um, poor brother Chris, <laughs> he like this. Is, I just feel like this is like such a, such a testament of just like testament of how sensitive your energy can be and like your space. But he came up to me and he was like, "All right, you should probably get in the teepee now because we're gonna light the fire and it'd be like nice for you to be there." And there's just this something inside of me just like turned upside down and I was mm-hmm. like wait you're telling me where to go and what to do right now mm-hmm. like no and it just really sent me for a whirl and then Chris is a really amazing man but he's not known for his finesse necessarily. yes yes he's a wonderful brother and I love him and I know that he, all he meant was well by that comment mm-hmm. but um but yeah for whatever reason it just threw me off and I remember spending like the next three hours of labor just like hiding in my bed and mm-hmm. thinking like I don't want to do this right now. I don't want to do this right now. I was really kind of like in a deep little hole. Mm-hmm. And around then Miriam showed up and she came in and I remember telling her like I don't want to do this right now. I'm really not happy about this. I don't know what that was about. I feel like there was probably more to it now that I'm talking about it. But you didn't explore it then or you haven't really gotten a chance to explore it since? I think, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't like looked super into it. I mean, I think there's, I think it will reveal itself in a moment when I get into more into the birth. But she's, she's just like a bright, beautiful, shiny woman. And she's like, well, do you want to like go for a walk like the sun is coming out and I was like okay like come look at the farm and come look at our house that we're <laughs> building so we walked around the farm we walked around you walked the through the woods to show her around the farm yeah that's very sweet yeah at that point yeah and like it felt good because I think also because I got so emotional I think things felt like they kind of slowed down a little mm-hmm. bit too and so it felt good to be walking around and I showed her our house that was very much still mm-hmm. under construction. And she was like, you're not going to live in here, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> not yet. And um, yeah, then s- things started picking up and we went back to the teepee. And I remember I had our friend, dear friend, Ishelle, who's also pregnant and Gonna be on the podcast. Gonna be soon. on the podcast. Also, I had her make me a playlist, and I was just like Aww. in the teepee, like dancing around the fire. Oh my <laughs> god, it was probably hilarious. Like I had all my flip flops, and my sister's like fine, <laughs> really funny, like black little satin robe that was way too small for me at the time. Like my butt cheeks barely. <laughs> <laughs> 
discovered. That sounds so cute. Oh my god, it was very very hot. It was like ninety six degrees, and I was actually getting. I had a tub in the in the teepee, mm-hmm. and I was getting in that tub to cool off. Mm. So it was so hot. But I remember having this thought, like, is I almost felt like, like, is this okay that I'm just doing this? And in my mind, I was like, of course it is. Like people dance at festivals all day. I can just keep <laughs> dancing, and that's really what I did. I just uh-huh. danced around the fire for. Wow. I don't know, a while. I don't think I knew this part of the story. Yeah, that's just what I did. Does anyone have this on film? I think, oh, I don't know. Like somewhere. And Stephanie and this was the part where I also got a little annoyed. It was like Stephanie and uh, I guess it really was fine, but annoyed me. Stephanie and Miriam and Z were all just kind of like sitting in the teepee chatting. Mm-hmm. And I was just annoyed mm-hmm. by their chatter. <laughs> I was like, just go chat out there. <laughs> I'm having my dance uh-huh. situation. What if they danced with you? How do you think yeah, that would have felt? Yeah, I think I would have liked that. I think mm-hmm. that's why it annoyed me. Because like, I felt like they were just sitting there watching me. Yeah, not which, really participating in the process. Yeah, and they were, yeah. That's I love that idea. Maybe my labor will just be a big group dance party. Yeah. For at least a little bit. Yeah, that would be really Until fun. I let everyone to leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> and... um yeah i remember at one point i got in the tub and i was feeling a little impatient and i checked myself and i was like oh i'm pretty sure i feel his head and marion was like you feel his head that must mean you you must be fully dilated and i was like okay (laughs) cool and she's like everybody get the washcloths get the tea get da 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 and in her mind it was like all right that baby's coming Um. and that also i was like "Mm mm-hmm so fast like he's not coming yet but Mm -hmm. she was just did you say that out loud you think or you just knew i don't think so i just knew that he was not coming yet Mm -hmm. and um she had she suggested for me to start pushing a little bit and i was like "Mm, here we go again like don't tell Mm -hmm. me about that please and i think i said like i don't want you to tell me to push and she was like okay like I'm not gonna tell you but just like if you want you could try it see how it feels I think she said Uh and I do have to say after a couple times it did start to feel better to push than to not push after a couple contractions or after a couple times of you trying to push because she suggested it um I think like trying on and off like trying Mm -hmm. some contractions without pushing and then trying some with Mm -hmm. I was like okay it actually does feel a little bit better to like put some movement into this Mm. and I also remember there was a point where I got out of the teepee and I was like I'm going for a walk and she was right behind me and I was like no like go (laughs) I want to go for a walk by myself (laughs) but I think she just thought that the baby was just gonna like fly out yeah and I didn't say to her like go away like (laughs) but Mm -hmm. she was following closely behind me I was like okay fine I guess I'm not gonna walk by myself but I walked around for a little bit. And this was like middle of the afternoon at this point or uh, morning I think still? this was probably, I mean, I don't really know. I'm guessing maybe around like 11 in the morning mm-hmm. or something. And yeah, I can't remember too many more specific details, but oh, I remember Mai was there and I really, and I was having her nurse on me. Whoa. We have a really, a really cute picture. It actually didn't feel as bad as I thought. I tend to be kind of impatient in labor. <laughs> and I remember like thinking like, oh, these can, I want these contractions longer and closer and stronger. Mm-hmm. And I was like, bring my in so she can nurse. And mm-hmm. um, she nursed a little bit, but like, I think she was too excited about other things happening. Um, That's fair. There's a lot of exciting things going on. Yeah. So I don't know if it really made too much of a difference. But it's a very cute picture that I need to find. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then I remember at some point, we w- I went outside. I was like, I'm so hot. I need some fresh air. I went outside. I got like five feet in front of the door of the teepee. Mm-hmm. And I squat down. And I remember Miriam asking me, she was like, is there anything that you feel like you need to say out loud or to yourself or to anyone that like you haven't expressed yet. Mm. And I was like, oh, yes. And like the whole, my entire pregnancy, I just had this like really heavy feeling that like I did not have 
like the space in my heart to love this baby. Mm-hmm. Like at that point, I just loved Mayuna so much. And my heart was just like so mm-hmm. exploding with like, you know, the love of your first child. And I was like, how? I don't know how I can do. I don't know how I can like have space for another little person mm-hmm. and, like in my heart and in my life. And like, how am I going to take care of another? Like, it was just so heavy on me. But I didn't say it to anyone. Like, I don't think even Z. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just like. I didn't want to admit that. I just like felt too sad. Like I didn't want to say that to the baby. Mm-hmm. Like saying it out loud would just like make it feel more real. And I, I didn't want that to be real because I felt really guilty about it. But I said it out loud in that moment. And I like said it to him. To Enoch? Yeah. And I was like, I've been scared of this. But like, but I do have the space. And mm-hmm. I do. And like, I'm so excited to meet you. And I love you. And like, there's going to be like enough space for you we'll like we'll figure it out (laughs) and literally like I got up and I took five more maybe like I walked five more feet and I got down and I pushed for like five minutes and then he was born Mm, that sounds like such a beautiful scene yeah it was was a funny scene it ended up being outside Mm -hmm. um and there was a lot going on too like in the pushing him coming out phase because yeah I was outside with like pretty much just a chucks pad underneath me like they're wood chips and pine needles mm-hmm. and like <laughs> chucks pad and um gotta be there for every birth somewhere in the scene yeah yeah and z was right there i remember i was pushing and i like looked up at z and i was like oh, do you have the camera get the camera because we missed my use filming of her birth Mm -hmm. and I was super bummed so I made it very clear to see like do not miss (laughs) this baby coming out Mm -hmm. he's like I got it I got it and um I was pooping a ton during that that labor and my god bless my little sister she just wiped my butt like the whole time (laughs) anyways um it's pretty cute in the video yeah she's like back there with her butt wiping face on (laughs) funny and um yeah but I remember when I did start pushing Miriam was really concerned that mm-hmm. he was going to come too fast and that he was gonna that I was going to tear and she had told you know me if that there was a particular reason why she was concerned about that or well just some her own personal thing yeah I think what ended up what I realized is like I had it in my mind that like oh since she's this underground lady like she's got mm-hmm. you know like she she has no rules and regulations like she can just practice however she want like mm-hmm. she's gonna let me like do my thing which she did in a lot of ways but my feeling after seeing how things ended up which I'll get into later was just that like I realized that she hadn't had that many births in the recent years and like mm-hmm. I think there was just more of her feeling like I want to make sure that nothing happens because I feel like she felt like she was holding more of a weight and I don't, I don't know if she had any particular reason to Mm -hmm. think that I was going to tear because I mean, Mayu was nine pounds, six ounces or something and I didn't tear at all. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really sure, but it's just good to know that just because someone's unlicensed or however they want to label themselves it doesn't mean they don't still have their own baggage or their own expectations or their own fears yeah that they will bring to your birth yeah definitely that was the big lesson Mm -hmm. and yeah so she was like stick your tongue out and pant like stop stop pushing and I was I did it for like two seconds and I was like that's that like (laughs) baby's coming I want the baby out Uh like here I am doing my thing don't tell me not to do it and then I just started pushing like crazy (laughs) because he was like right there Mm -hmm. and and I reached down to feel his head and she pushed my hand out of the way mm. and to put her hand there to like yeah. slow him down or something. And like, this is on film and it, it mm-hmm. just like replayed in my head and I'm like, Ugh. Makes me mad just and to watch. <laughs> yes. Again, like God bless her. She's a wonderful woman, but mm-hmm. like that was not what I wanted in that moment. And um, yeah. So then he came out. There was some meconium when he came out. And I just remember, like, her voice. And maybe maybe this was me judging it, but I just feel like she's like, okay, there's a meconium. And just the way that she was talking felt like mm-hmm. she was concerned. And I, like, picked him up. 
I sucked some stuff out of his mouth. I spit it out and I just like started touching him and holding him, talking to him. And I remember telling her like, he's fine. He's Mm -hmm. fine. Like in my mind, I was like, chill out. Like everything's okay. You don't need to be like up in, up in this. Did she chill out or? Um, She just needed to watch him come around or? Yeah. I don't know. I think it, I don't know. I I think I kind of like tuned her out after a minute. Mm. She was, yeah. Now that I watched, when I watched the video, it seems like not so much. Like she was still like rubbing him with towels and mm-hmm. talking a lot. And, but yeah. But at that point I was just like, God, I love you. I love you so much, little creature. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he started crying. He started breathing. Like there wasn't, I did not feel concerned at all. Mm-hmm. And I was super, you know, super high on oxytocin. And my, um, with all of my children so far, their cords have been very short. So that was like a little bit awkward because I could only like pick them up so far. While you were squatting in the forest. Yeah. Well, at that point I leaned back, they brought some towels and pillows Uh and stuff. And I was like leaning back in this kind of awkward position, but like I could only bring him up to like right below my breast. Mm -hmm. Um, that was a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm pretty sure I birthed my placenta. My goodness, I can't even remember where. Ooh, I don't know where I birthed the placenta. It's a little blurry mm. right now. I think, I don't know. I can't remember. I think you were still in the woods. Yeah. In the video outside. I think I was too. Yeah. But you birthed it yourself, like, into a bowl? Yeah, yeah. She was, I don't remember, like, feeling irritated about anything, (laughs) the way she did anything Uh there. Yeah. Um, And then I got up and I waddled into the teepee. Mm -hmm. And then I laid there and rested for a while. And, yeah. He was kind of sleepy and he didn't, it took him a while to latch on, I remember. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. But this whole time you didn't have any concerns about him? No. No, I didn't. So did your waters break just as he was coming out? And that's why she saw meconium? Or had they already broken but they were clear? Do you remember? <laughs> no. No, I'm trying to think. Hmm. Wow, I, I don't know why I can't remember. No, I, I, I it makes sense. Like, I remember there being, like, quite a lot of fluid. So it mm-hmm. would make, s- like, right before he was born. So it would make sense that that's when my water broke. But I don't know okay. why. I can't. <laughs> I swear, certain things just escape me these days. So did that labor feel very different than with my Yuna? Like the physical sensations in your body or did it feel like, oh yeah, I remember this. I remember how it goes. Yeah, it definitely, I feel like with all three of them, they all felt like pretty similar. Mm. And yeah, yeah, that like, okay, I know this part. Mm. I know where we're going. I know how to like move through this. Mm. Yeah, I feel like for all of them like the contractions like pre-pushing part have felt pretty like manageable Mm. and then would you would you now consider them painful or would you just say that they were intense feelings Mm. I think when I think about it I would say intense feelings and then if I watch the like when I watch the video (laughs) of Inel's birth I'm like oh Okay, that's, like, a little more Mm. intense than, like, my mind remembers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, I remember working really hard for Mayuna and Inoa during the pushing part. And, like, Mm -hmm. that painful, but also just, like, exhausting. Just, like, really just putting Mm. so much effort into it. Why do you think that is? Like, we know that, in theory, a body can birth a baby without mental like without mentally deciding to put effort into it Mm -hmm. 
Do you think it was because you started pushing before your body was ready because of the suggestions or that was just what you needed to do for these two babies? Yeah, really good question. Um, yeah, because like that didn't happen at all with Cielo's birth. Like no one told me anything about when, mm -hmm. how, there was no suggestions. Like that, the word push did not come out of the midwife's mouth ever. And like I'm, that was what I had been searching for the mm -hmm. whole all three births and like the pushing with him was I don't want to say effortless like I definitely put effort in but it was so smooth and mm -hmm. like in comparison to the first two like very of course it was also the third baby but like I don't know it was just and yeah the first one someone suggested that you push as well yeah definitely and also with yellow like I never really felt that much of an urge to push it was mm -hmm. like at the very end, I was like, maybe I want to bear down a little bit. And like <laughs> I did a little a couple times. And then the uh -huh. last one, it was like a big one. And then he came. So mm -hmm. I feel like maybe I'm just one of those ladies that just like doesn't have a really strong, that really strong feeling. But I do think like when you were saying, asking like, why did it feel like I had to put so much work into it? Oh, sorry. I'm I feel like my impatience was part of it. Mm -hmm. It was just like, yeah, I'm impatient. That. Like, I'm ready for this to end. Uh -huh. I'm going to, like, push through it, literally, <laughs> figuratively. Mm -hmm. Like, let's get this baby out. And I think that was probably... Which, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely things to meditate on there. But for whatever reason with Cielo, it just, like, didn't... I didn't feel that external pressure which mm -hmm. was really awesome yeah it was great to watch too how you just got to i don't want to say got to because it seems like someone else is giving you permission but you mm -hmm. were able to just do your own thing without anyone else's interference or opinions or fears yeah yeah and there was even a point i remember like looking at connie that was the midwife that i had with cielo and like almost being like there was a point where I like wanted her to like give mm -hmm. me some direction or suggestions. And like, I think I maybe said something and she was like, you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess I'm just going to keep going okay. then. But, but yeah. this is a story for another time. Yes, 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 yes. yes. We're going to say that later. Yeah. I will say something else kind of just interesting about, you birth and, um, so, uh, after he was born, I hung out in the teepee for like an hour and then they drove me to the barn because it was like 100 feet away or something. Mm -hmm. And we got in the barn and literally like 10 minutes later, it just started downpouring. Wow. Huge thunderstorms. And then it literally rained every single day for the rest of the summer. And that was like one of the hottest days of the summer, right? When mm -hmm. I was born. Yeah. And then it ended up being the wettest summer that we had like mm -hmm. in a couple of years. Know, just another interesting mm -hmm. piece how how was my youth throughout this whole thing was she there with you for most of the labor or she no. was off with someone else she was off playing with gaby um but i remember the moment that you know was born he was like in tears it was so cute he was, mm -hmm. was like somebody get my uterus like <laughs> she needs to be here she needs to see this and she came and you know, she was still really young. Yeah. So I think she was just like, hmm, wow, what's going on Can here? I still breastfeed a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then that that's a whole other story, like breastfeeding both of them, that whole mm -hmm. tandem nursing. That's definitely a funny part in the video when Mayu comes up and you're still laying out in the forest with a little teeny tiny, you know, and Mayu breastfeeds for a while and Z's just sitting there with his eyes like so wide open. <laughs> Mm -hmm. It's very sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what about the rest of all of your friends who were around? Were they still, were they there for the whole time of your labor? Were they Yeah. up to something? Yeah. So everybody else was kind of like just, I think, singing around the fire, kind of like through the forest a little bit. So giving me space. Mm -hmm. At some point, somebody was like, let's go closer. And I think they got close. And I was like, back away. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, they were all singing and Could praying. you hear them from where you were? I, 
I could. I also had my music on, which I'm mm. now thinking. So maybe I didn't hear them that much. And I feel like I this did. It was something similar in my Eunice birth, but like I remember just not paying very much attention or like really hearing much outside noise. Just mm. like being very much in my own process. So maybe I heard them a little bit, but I wasn't mm. really. Did you feel them at all, like knowing that they were there, that they were praying, that they were there with you? Do you think that helped you in any way? I'm sure it did. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't feel like so much as like I did with my Yuna's birth. And like I also think um, like my that was something very beautiful about my midwife of Mayu was she was just reminding me like your whole Mm. community is here like circling you and praying Mm -hmm. for you and giving you strength and like that definitely helped me through some tough points that's such a beautiful thing that I feel like most people don't get to experience now if you're at a hospital birth you definitely aren't gonna have your whole (laughs) all your family and friends around you and most people probably wouldn't even want that yeah just knowing that they were there but not too close Mm mm-hmm yeah yeah very special definitely even chris mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks guys love you <laughs> hopefully we'll have him on the podcast one of these days <laughs> yeah be good <laughs> mm. is there anything else you want to say about Enoa or about his birth any mm. big takeaways for you either as a mother or as a future midwife don't smack people's hands away when they're trying to touch their own babies yeah well i think the big one is like don't make any assumptions about who you choose to attend your birth Mm -hmm. as a midwife or anyone just like really ask all the questions because i i assumed a lot of things Mm -hmm. and Uh, at the same time you can't you can't ask all the questions you can't say in this scenario will you be anxious yeah that's true yeah but ask more questions than Mm -hmm. i did I definitely assumed a lot. And um, trust yourself, (laughs) obviously. Um, Yeah. I don't know. You know, he's definitely a special little creature. He really is. Yeah. I love him so much. Yeah. And I guess just like all those fears that I had about not being able to have enough love for him, like my heart not being big Mm -hmm. enough, just like dissolved like oh Mm. my gosh so much love and with every child and like i've heard moms say that like with every child your heart grows i'm like oh that's so cheesy (laughs) but it's so true it really is like Mm -hmm. there is space for them all Mm -hmm. and it's just such a beautiful lesson about love and hearts and like (laughs) you can't contain it you know there is no limit like Mm -hmm. there's just yeah so that was i think a big lesson for me that's really beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I love that little guy. He's very <laughs> cute. Yeah. He's three mm-hmm. now. Yeah. I met him when he was a couple months old for just a day, and I definitely think he just keeps getting cuter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other day he came out of the bathroom, and I was like, Noe, did you wash your hands? And he was like, oh, no, God bless me. <laughs> It's one of those figures of speech that we in the neighborhood use frequently. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny to see it getting picked up by the little ones. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything you wanted to say about your postpartum time with Inoa? Like, how Um, was that with having another baby, pretty much? It was interesting. Like, I, my sister Maggie was there, and she was basically, like, Mayuna's primary care provider at that point. Mm. Like... She was with her a lot, and it was weird because I envisioned that Maya would want to be with me more, but, like, she was away from me a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was always like, Maya, just, like, get her to hang out in here with me. Like, I miss her. Mm-hmm. But she didn't want her. Like, she wanted to go out and play. So that was hard for me because I just, I felt like a big shift in, mm-hmm. like, spending a lot of time to not spending a lot of time with her. And it was difficult not having a bathroom close by i could see that yeah we made like a little composting toilet um but it was still tricky and it was also oh my gosh i remember there was no cell phone service in the Mm -hmm. barn so like i felt pretty isolated because z would go to work Mm -hmm. maggie would be out playing 
with the baby and I would just be by myself a lot in the barn, which was fine. But after a while, like it got kind of lonely. And sometimes we would use the baby monitor like as a phone. Like if <laughs> Z was in the house eating dinner, mm-hmm. I would like yell through the baby monitor like, hey, like I need something. And I remember one time, I think something happened where I had both the babies and mm-hmm. my and Noe in there. And the baby monitor got turned off. And I remember screaming into mm-hmm. it like, Zay, get here. Like, I need your help. Like, I don't know. They were both freaking out. And like, he didn't hear me. And I, finally he mm-hmm. came in and I was just crying. And I was like, I need you. And he, and he, he felt so bad, I remember. Mm-hmm. But that was really frustrating. And like, there was this feeling like I couldn't really yeah, that communicate. Isolating. It was. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that was pretty difficult. And did other people like Regatta and staff able to come and help take care of you or um, was anyone else around at that point? Not really. Um, Agata made me food, which was great. Steph, no, like at that point there wasn't much awareness. Understanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember like Steph coming to say hi, but like, yeah, there was very little... I'm like I'm hoping I'm not like forgetting something but (laughs) I don't remember there being much Mm -hmm. care and attention Mm -hmm. and like yeah not anymore though not anymore we're we're changing that story system (laughs) yeah do you think it's gotten better for you with each baby? Like the community awareness of how to support new mothers? Mm. Or do you think it's just recently that there's been a big shift? Well, with Mayu, like not a whole bunch of people lived up here. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I had really great support with Mayu because Peonia came for those first two weeks, yeah. at least for the first two weeks. And people brought me food and stuff, but there wasn't like much other care and yeah I think with Cielo I mean I had a ton of help from you and your mom yeah and my mom um but yeah I think that we're bringing things to the next level these days for sure maybe we should talk about that on a podcast yeah just a whole episode about what we're up to these days and all of our postpartum schemes that's a great idea Mm mm-hmm Right. Anything else you want to share about Inela or about that birth? No, I don't think so. Right. Feel complete. Well, here's part two of three so far. Mm-hmm. Sarah Philkill's birth stories. Yeah. Have a great day, everybody. Mm-hmm. Tune in next time for more exciting conversations. <laughs>